This is Make Yourself at Home, a podcast from BizNow where we examine how the pandemic has affected members of the real estate community in different ways. I'm Miriam Hall. I'm BizNow's New York City reporter. There's no doubt this crisis has been painful for restaurants. Just last week, indoor dining in New York City was shut down completely, just in time for a snowstorm on Wednesday. Now there's talk of a potential return to the strict lockdown measures of the spring. Today we're speaking with Jeffrey Bank, the CEO of A La Carte and the owner of restaurants including Carmine's and Virgil's Real Barbecue, about the restaurant industry's fight for survival. Uh, it's brutal. I mean, that's just the easiest one-word answer. And focus is an interesting word because you just change your focus every day, sometimes twice a day. Uh, and it's just a unique scenario. Obviously, all the words have been played out, unprecedented and all that. And, you know, no one's lived through a pandemic that I know of. Um, so you keep just adjusting on today's news, which is not usually how I work. I usually have a nice five-year plan, one-year plan, one-month plan. And you can have the best laid plans. They mean nothing. You just have to keep reacting and try and keep your sanity, which is also just extremely hard. And you try, you can look back on some of the decisions we've made since March 13th when we closed. And I'm like, ugh, I would never should have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. But in the moment, they were all the right answers. So I am sure whatever I'm deciding today is is uh, kidding around genius. And then by next week, I'll be like, I can't believe I did that. Like it just, you just have to accept that there's, all you can do is react. There's no more planning. I mean, it's unbelievable. But God bless, there is a vaccine. Otherwise, it'd be a little rough getting out of bed right now because this has been a brutal 10 months. So you have New York, you have operations in New York City, New Jersey, Atlantic City, um, Bahamas as well, I believe. Correct, and DC. And DC. Okay, so all very, very different places under very different kind of government policies. Thank is God. There, is there an area that's doing better? An area that's doing worse? I mean, over the whole, over the, since March, the, the the consistent thing has been New York City has been you know extremely challenging. DC was also we've never gotten reopened in DC still. Uh, also a very challenging environment because heavily driven on tourists. Um, and uh, even the employees, a lot of people come in from Maryland and Virginia have been working from home. So you're really down to a very small clientele. And unfortunately for us, Carmine is built on volume. It's an 800 seat restaurant. It's a scratch kitchen. It takes a lot of labor to get the food out every day. So when we're busy, we can do well. When we're slow, oh my God, it's like a nightmare. So we kind of knew right early on that that store wasn't going to be able to stay open. Uh, I didn't think it was going to go on this long. And it hurts because fourth quarter, excuse me, first quarter of an inauguration year is always a great quarter. When you have a president or a house or the Senate changes hands, everybody goes down to lobby and it's a great quarter. So really going to hurt missing this fourth, first quarter. We are so fortunate that we have got a great landlord down there, Douglas Jamal, Douglas Development, and his kids as well. Um, very supportive. Paid, you know, we paid our rent for, you know, you know, seven, 10 years down there, expect to be there another 15. Um, so by the good graces of them being supportive, we will, you know, reopen in the spring. And I expect to be very, very busy in the summer and the fall when the vaccine kind of gets rolled out. So that's specifically in DC. Sure. Yep. So compare that to New York City. New York City's just been brutal. And Times Square is like a war zone. It's, 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 it needs its own Marshall Plan in and of itself. Theater has been postponed how many times? First, it was it'll be opening in April, then June, then September, then January. Now I hear rumors that Hamilton wants to open July 4th. I hear most of the theaters are looking in, in September. 
Will that be 100% occupancy? Will it be 50%? You can't plan for anything. You know, I'm sure Governor Cuomo's under a tremendous amount of stress like the rest of us. Um, but even what he tells us to try and follow changes. So he says, like, these are going to be the metrics we're going to follow. So then you plan for that. And then that changes. So, you know, I, I can't even fathom what, you know, the pressure he's under. And it just, it's very frustrating. So you can't plan. So Times Square is a disaster. Um, will it come back? Of course it will. But it's just, that's going to be probably fourth quarter of uh, this year. And then it'll be off to the races. You know, it will be very, very busy. Everyone's on a lot of birthdays, anniversaries, missed graduations. Everyone's got something to celebrate about. And Carmine sits right in the middle. So if you're used to spending a lot of money and you don't have money, you'll trade down to us because we're in the middle. And people trade up to us. You know, they like to eat at a tablecloth Italian restaurant. So we do well with the celebrations. I expect the end of 21, 22 to be a phenomenal year for us. The question is, how bruised will everybody be coming out of this? I want to be alive, but bruised. A lot of my friends, unfortunately, are going to be dead because it's, it's brutal. The Upper West Side is more like suburbia in Manhattan. So the takeout has been strong consistently since March. It was really painful shutting down Sunday night, the last night. We were doing a very nice dinner business in a calm, safe manner, 25%, because our restaurant was so large, we still had 90 seats. So we were doing a very nice dinner business and it hurt to lose that. We had to lay off some more people, but you really can't make back that income and take out a loan. So that was a painful one. Then of course, uh, yesterday we were told to pull down our cafe in the street because of this snowstorm. Like you really just, you can't make this up. It's like, we just keep getting kicked in the head. This whole 10 months feels like two steps forward, one kick in the head. You fall backwards, you're still forwards one step, but damn, it hurts. So Times Square is completely closed temporarily, no service at all, correct? It has not been open since March 13th. It'll be open hopefully in the spring. That's our goal. But you have been able to kind of keep things rolling uh, relatively well on the Upper Upper West Side until, of course, the blow last Sunday. Where you yeah, well is is a is a, is a, is a, is a funny word. When I say well, that means I can control how much money I'm losing. Okay, so I can I can mitigate my downside and and only lose X amount of dollars. That that is the definition of well right now. That you're losing just not too much that it won't pull you under. So and a lot of my friends, it has pulled them under. It's terrible. I mean, the government has truly let us down. It's unbelievable. Lots of other countries are struggling with this. Lots of other countries have different programs in England and Canada and this and that. There's been, somebody ran out this great idea of the PPP back in March with bipartisan support. Fantastic. I'm not, I, don't, I don't blame them that the PPP doesn't work well for restaurants. They rush something out for everyone. But our industry is targeted with restrictions all the time, up, down, sideways, dining open, dining closed, 25%, no percent. So all over the place, we need some support. I'm not even asking for a bailout. Don't give me a check. I'm not trying to be the airlines. Don't bail me out. First of all, you know, I don't want money so I can, I can buy back my stock. I want money to help keep my employees. Just give me a loan. Just give me a nice five or 10 year loan. Let me keep my business support. Let me pay my landlords who's entitled to get paid to help support them because they're supporting us. And it's incredible how much paralysis there is. And then if you hope, okay, maybe it'll calm down when the, when, when the next president comes in and maybe the Senate will go democratic or not, not being political, but at least you'd have one party in charge. They'll be able to make some decision for better or for worse very quickly. That's kind of late. That money's not probably coming into your hands till March.
the next six weeks are going to be beyond brutal. Okay, I make the Game of Thrones joke, winter is coming. And what's upsetting to me is that a strong leader, strong politicians, their job is to lead us and plan for the unexpected. This is expected. Everyone knew a second wave was coming. Everyone who now owns a calendar knew that the winter was coming. So what was the plan? That's what's frustrating. I don't know, feel bad for my employees. We had 1,400 employees working at one point. You know, we're down to like around 350. It's terrible, it's a terrible situation. Yeah, that was what I was about to ask you. What are you talking in terms of staff losses? Terrible, you're talking about like almost 1,000 people. There's no extended unemployment benefits. There's no $600 checks, there's no $1,200 stimulus. It's brutal. And where are they getting a job in the restaurant industry right now? Everyone is closing. We're out of business. It is, it is just a mess, a mess. If they had just given us a loan or a grant, I could have kept more stores open and I could have kept more people employed and working. Very, very scary. So DC, you've, you've had good luck working with your landlords. What about in New York and New Jersey? Have they been helpful or? It's all over the place. DC, I'm luck with my landlord. I have to hope that when I finally get reopened, will my employees all come back? You know, I'm sure some of them have moved away. I'm sure they'll find some of them have found other jobs, even though we check in with them on a regular basis. You know, that's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough reopening. New York City, we have three restaurants in New York City. Uh, one landlord's not working so well with us. The other two are. How and, about New um, I don't want to go into it. Can't even can't even go there. That's how bad it is. Uh, it's just. It's surprising. We pay our rent, you know, for, for decades. I, I would have thought this would have been a little easier. Um, where you're not going to get a more solid client than us. New Jersey and Vegas, I'm very fortunate that I have fabulous partners. Caesars owns the Tropicana. The guys from El Dorado bought Caesar, bought the Tropicana first. We met them. Such good guys. Tom and his team are phenomenal. And El Dorado has been so supportive of Carmine's and the Trop, and so has the team over there. That's really been great. I think they're appreciative that we're the number one Italian restaurant, if maybe not even Italian, restaurant in Atlantic City. They've been greatly supportive. We love them. Then when they bought Caesars, they, you know, we even got more support in the Virgils that we have in the Link Promenade, a great property there with a the high roller. That's been great. And then on the other side of the street, we're in the forum shops. Carmine's is in the forum shops at Caesars Palace. David, Simon, Simon Properties, Salt of the Earth guy, John Ruley, they've all stepped up and really made it so that we could keep our employees working. This isn't, like I said, this is nothing to do about making money. Nobody's making any money. You're trying to not lose too much money and you're trying to keep as many people as you can to work. And David Simon has really done great with that. So is El Dorado, Douglas Jamal, God bless. So you're critical of government. You think government should have got it together a little more and at least given you a loan. Are you surprised that it turned out this way, considering America's, I guess, reputation as pro-business? I'm surprised that I'm so naive. Ronald Reagan had one of the best quotes. I'll, I'll, I'll screw it up, but it's something to the effect of the worst words you ever want to hear out of someone's mouth is, I'm here to help. I'm from the government. Okay. It's, it's just why I would have thought this was going to be so supportive. I think it was because the PPP got put together bipartisanly so quickly. I'm like, oh, they're going to do the right thing because that was a good program and a good idea to get people to work. And then nothing. There's been nothing since then. But only except for that the pandemic has gotten worse and worse and worse. Where's the shared, where's the shared uh, pain of the government? Why, why aren't they taking a pay cut? My employees are taking pay cuts and losing their jobs 
The government doesn't even meet. They meet over Zoom sometimes. Why isn't the politicians taking a pay cut right now during this mask? Why are they entitled to 100% pay? My employees are on the street. It, it's, it's brutal. It's supposed to be a social safety net for a reason, okay? This is a pandemic, right? The only thing that would probably be worse than this would be a nuclear war. I mean, I don't understand how people don't realize how bad it is. And then here's the irony. You restrict the industry, but, and you tell people to go home, uh, you know, to quarantine, but then everybody wants food delivered to them. So my employees should work in the kitchen and deliver food, you know, or wait tables on unmasked customers, but then they're not considered essential workers. So now the vaccines are coming out. Why aren't they getting vaccinated near the top? Why is that not a discussion? Obviously not in front of a doctor or a nurse. I understand that. But like, why are they not in like phase two? Do you think there's a possibility that the government could consider that? I, I don't know why they wouldn't. If you want employees to be around unmasked guests and you've all deemed indoor dining such an evil, even though ironically in New York State, their contact tracing program was supposed to be doing such a great job, says only 2.7% of, of infections came from indoor dining while 74% came from family spread. Obviously you can't close down family families, so they shut down restaurants. Well, if it's that evil, why don't we get shots into these people's into these people's arms immediately? If it's so if it's so terrible dining. So you'd like to see your employees vaccinated so they can keep working. Absolutely. Uh, what uh, just say, imagine you were a politician. Imagine you were in, in the role. What, what would you be doing? What would you uh, what would you do to help restaurants? I, I would I'd be trying to understand what terrible life choices I made that now I'm running the government and I'm doing nothing. And I would cry in a corner. <laughs> what would I be doing? No, but if you had a you chance know. to do something, what would you do? What would what does a restaurant need right now? If if you restaurant would like needs a grant or a loan to survive. The business interruption insurance is not paying out. Suing the insurance companies did nothing. The government should have done a 9-11 style fund and backstop the insurance companies to help them pay the claims for all the insurance money we paid over the decades, but they didn't do that. Then give us a grant or a loan so that we can reopen or stay open. That's just such a layup, okay? We're paying people to stay at home, you know, on unemployment, this and that. Why not pay them to work? What, would that be so terrible? Um, that's one thing they could be doing. Two, there's just, they should be getting vaccinations into the hands. They should have supplied N95 masks to hospitality workers. Okay, it's been 10 months. It's like everyone ran to make ventilators and then they decided to do nothing. Okay, we could have been making N95 masks and getting them into the hands of the, of the servers. I don't know why that's never been done. And we're gonna need support to get reopened. It's just, look, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's just gonna be really dark for six weeks. And then that's gonna clean out a lot of people who had viable business before COVID and that's not fair. So, you haven't had to shut down permanently anything, but is that on the cards at any point? No, well, I, you know, define permanently. If we're shut down, I hope I can get reopened in those places. You know, you have to still make a deal with your landlords. You have to get your employees back. You know, there's, there's debt service that's going to have to be reckoned with eventually. So, no, I don't think that we will lose any of our businesses. But like I said, how I started this, that's just today's opinion. You know, I don't know. What if the virus mutates? You know, what if the vaccine only holds six months? You know, God only knows what's going to happen right now. Looking back, you said that there are decisions that you made that were the right thing at that time. Obviously, that's all decisions. You can only really make a decision based on the information you have at that moment. But what would you have done differently, do you think, now that you reflect? It's Anything? a very fair question, and I don't really have a good answer. 
the thing that I struggle with all the time is that Danny Myers immediately stepped up and shut down all his restaurants and laid off the majority of his employees immediately. We shut down our restaurants, except for the Upper West Side, but I didn't lay everybody off. It was just, we did the best we could to keep as many people working. And then we eventually, at the end of the summer, had to do another round of layoffs. Um, if I was ruthlessly ruthless in just financial thinking, we would have laid everyone off immediately on March 14th. I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we did the best we could to hold on to as many employees as long as we can. It bothers me that, that there was a lot of people that had worked for us 10, 15 years. We couldn't hold on to them any longer at a certain point. So that, that was painful. Um, so I, I still don't know how to do that differently. Um, it's rough. Uh, you want to have a business to reopen to so you can get people back to work, but you also don't want people not working that through no fault of their own or no fault of mine. I didn't, you know, I didn't cause COVID. We weren't over leveraged. We didn't do anything reckless. Uh, this is just a, an, an unbelievable anomaly. But I mean, other governments have had things where they've had restaurant dining programs where like they're telling, you know, they're letting people dine out and get 50% off and the government's picking up 50% of the check and they're paying only 50 cents to inspire people to eat out. Um, other places have done grants and loans. I mean, other countries are doing things to support the hospitality industry. Problem is our country is in paralysis. They just, they just can't do anything. And everyone's waiting for the Georgia election. You know, there's always something they're waiting for. November 4th, let's see who wins the presidency. Okay, Biden wins. Now let's see what happens with the Senate in Georgia. And that will determine what we're going to do. Everyone just keeps kicking the can down to seeing. So once the, the cards are played, you know exactly who's in the Senate, who controls the Senate, who controls the House, and we know who controls the presidency. Then I think everyone will start to negotiate. Because people, the Democrats, Republicans will know who's in a stronger, weaker position. And I think it's too late. At that point, what do they think is going to happen? There's 14 inches of snow outside on my four tables that I'm allowed to have outside. So we have delivery. Delivery means no beverages. Nobody buys beverages. So that's a profitable item in a restaurant. Delivery means not that much dessert. People don't buy that. Delivery means taking your nice food, packaging it, and serving it warm in someone's house instead of hot and crisp at the table. A restaurant is an entire meal and an experience. It's, an, it's not the same takeout. I think our food is very good. I think it travels well, but you go for an experience. You're not, you're not going to just eat a Caesar salad. So plan for the next six weeks. I don't, there's nothing to plan for the next six weeks. I plan for literally day by day. It's just every day. I, we, in the restaurants that are in our hotels, we watch the occupancy every single day. Um, and then we do any, any promotions we can do for more takeout. We do social media strategies to just try and get things to just get in front of people's more from a digital perspective. We tighten our payroll, we train, and we just survive the day. And then tomorrow's another day. That's it. This is not, there's no six week plan. You, you, one week at a time. We had a really good week last week because we were opening dining and all over. It's slowing down a little in Vegas and Atlantic City, but should pick up the following week. But then January is going to be brutal. Maybe there'll be another round of PPP because that's easy for Congress to do because they understand it and they don't have to think, they can just fund it. So that could give us, eh, that's like giving me a, a piece of wood to, to, uh, to lay on it when the Titanic went down, you know, in the water with Jack sitting on the board. It'll still keep me afloat, but it's not a solution. Um, but yeah, so maybe we'll get PPP and I'll have a life jacket for a couple of weeks. Then maybe Biden will, one of his first executive orders, will do something for restaurants. I don't, I don't know. I feel terrible for my friends. 
small independent restaurants have been destroyed through no fault of their own. And it's incredible. You watch, you know, the CVSs and Walmarts of the world destroy independent pharmacies and those are gone. And, you know, now you have big chain pharmacies only. You lost the independent pharmacist and stuff. Same thing's going to happen with our restaurants. They're going to get obliterated. Big groups are going to be the only ones that survive. And then, yeah, 22 people will start opening small restaurants again and start. But that's so unfair to the people that own them and were doing fine and through no fault of their own. You don't have any faith in the consumer that the consumer's going to say, no, I want to, I want to support these independent restaurants. I don't want to be, they're not going to be there. And so when is everyone going to get vaccinated at this rate? The summer, not really the spring, the summer. So restrictions still have to be lifted in this and that. These guys aren't going to last the winter. They can't, they can't survive just on takeout. Some of these restaurants, they're not going to make the winter. They have no support. So it's not about the consumer. It's just, yeah. And then when you reopen, what about the debt you owe from the year of devastation? You don't make up the time you were closed. They're just buried more in debt. Some people haven't even collected. Listen, the courts you can't even file in New York State, right? New York City right now state. There's a moratorium on filing. What do you think is going to happen when that's lifted? It'll be 300,000 cases all of a sudden. Mm. I think people go out to eat. I think whatever restaurants are open will do phenomenal. I just, I don't understand the collateral damage along the way. What's it like to try and comfort someone who's had to close their restaurant? I don't know how to comfort someone that's lost their restaurant. Um, I can be compassionate and I can listen. Uh, maybe not according to my wife, but I think I can listen. But what do you want me to say? It's not your fault. I'm sorry. It wasn't your fault. It's, it, this, it just, it's, an, it's an anomaly. You didn't deserve this. It's crazy. It's really sorry our government let you down. You know, couldn't give you any support just to stretch you till till the summer of 21. You know, most restaurant people are, are very aggressive. Entrepreneurial people can make things work. This is this is not normal. This is not this is not a outdoor dining is not a band aid. You know, this is a joke. It's it's terrible. And there's always going to be winners and losers in these pandemics and things of that nature when there's crises. But like this industry is getting hit with so much restrictions on top of it by the government. How come the government didn't tell the airlines that they couldn't sell the middle seat? Why did they restrict the middle seat so that it could be safer to fly? They didn't put restrictions on the airlines. They said, well, you'll just do what you want. So some of the airlines restricted the middle seat and some didn't. And consumers got to choose which airline they wanted to fly. The ones that restricted the middle seat and the ones that didn't. So government didn't get involved there. But now government got involved in dining and made all these decisions on and off, on and off every day. Well, then at least give some relief to the person you put the restrictions on. That's all. I'm not even saying if it's right or wrong about indoor dining. It's not worth the arguments anymore. I get it. Everyone thinks what they think. Okay, if you really believe indoor dining is the worst thing ever and I didn't cause it, then just give the restaurant industry some relief. That's all. What you, you give airlines bailouts, but then you don't put restrictions on them. They were allowed to spend that money on stock buybacks. What the? You know, it doesn't make any sense. What do you love about owning a restaurant? Just pretend, pretend the last 10 months or so hadn't happened. What was I've always liked, I like watching my employees grow. Nothing makes me happier than hiring an employee who has no skill sets whatsoever, letting them be a dishwasher, a bar back, or a host or a hostess, and then watching over the years them get groomed and, and move up and up and up and move into management and get a six-figure salary and buy a house and have kids and realize that they're actually being supported because of our restaurants. I mean, that's to me, that's fantastic. It's someone 
can work hard. Not everyone can go to college and get a degree and teach them a skill and watch them grow. And we've had probably maybe 10,000 people go through our doors over the last 20 years. It's very nice to watch them, you know, grow up, get married. You know, the head chef in Carmine's 44th Street, you know, started as a dishwasher and makes well over six figures. Not right now because we're closed, which is depressing, but what a great story. And it's not that he's an anomaly. That's kind of the standard. Very nice to watch that happen. Yeah, and that's from my employee side. From my customer side, I love that they come to celebrate at our restaurants. It's really fun that we can help them celebrate occasions all the time and let them share in it and then do it at a reasonable price. So it's not like they had to break the bank to celebrate for the kid's graduation or birthday or, or, or something or, or, you know, or retirement. They can afford uh, an affordable meal with good quality scratch kitchen food, good value, and then watch them just enjoying themselves. It's really fun to look around the restaurant. Everyone always has a story. If you ask anyone they ate at Carmine's, they don't just say, oh, I love the eggplant or I love the steak contadina or the penne al vodka. They always go, I love the penne al vodka. I was there for, and then there's always a nice story that comes after it. How are you staying kind of on track? Are you keeping busy? I mean, someone told me they're exercising every day when, the, when they were in lockdown. I mean, <laughs> I wake up at 5 a.m. because I can't sleep and I read the newspapers still by print. And ironically, I'm basically reading all the stuff that I got on my alerts on my phone the day before, but I still like to read the papers. And then around six o'clock, I start my day. I finish up my emails. By 7.30, I'm on Zoom and team calls and it doesn't stop till about eight o'clock at night. Then I usually watch something moronic and then go to bed. So you think six weeks, you think things will turn in six weeks? Nope, I think the next six weeks are going to be brutal. I think things are going to turn around in May, in June. But I think the next six weeks are going to clear the deck of people, unfortunately, if there's zero government assistance. And then I think you'll feel a little better in March and April because the weather will start to warm up and some people may be getting vaccinated and you'll start to feel a little better. You'll see the real light, the tunnel. But I think it's going to be extremely dark the next six weeks. And I know I sound very doom and gloom, but I'm a New Yorker and I don't filter. And that's what I think is going to happen. Jeffrey Bank is the CEO of Alicart and the owner of restaurants like Carmine's and Virgil's Real Barbecue. I'm Miriam Hall. Thanks for listening.